0: Welcome to Unity of Tucson. Yes, 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 it's going to be a bright, sunshiny day because it is a bright, sunshiny day. Fabulous. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. So this song came up when I came up with the idea for um, what I wanted the talk to be. Well, actually, when I went back and looked at my notes for what I had decided the talk was going to be, which is clearing the path, clearing the path. And what I'm going to start with today is this notion. And it's all going to get, the, the, my idea is, of course, you know, I, I'm known for going off on tangents and, um, <laughs> and not getting to the, one of the points that I thought I was ever going to make. But I'm going to start with this idea. Okay. Clearing the path means forgiveness. And I am going to come back to that. But I want to start with that idea. Clearing the path means forgiveness. Forgiveness is a very powerful tool. You know, in the tenets of my ministry, it's one of the three main ones. Love only, forgive everything. Remember who you are. When we forgive, when we live in that state of forgiveness, the path opens up clearly before each and every one of us. When we are in that place of forgiveness, oh, I can see clearly now. The rain is gone. I can see all obstacles in my way and know that those obstacles have no bearing on how I choose to move forward. Yeah. Yeah. There is a quote that uh, I came across in my reading this week. Emily Cady wrote this, and it's a, it's a long one. It is from Lessons in Truth. It is a long one, but I, 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 I want you to hear this. She wrote this. There are today two classes of people so far as mentality goes. Those who are seeking deliverance out of sickness, trouble, and unhappiness by spiritual means. One class requires that every statement made must be proved by the most elaborate and logical argument before it can or will be received. The other class is willing at once to become like children and then receive the light. Both are seeking, and both will reach the same goal, and neither one should be unduly condemned. this, This quote really struck me this week because It really speaks to i think a lot of what is happening in spiritual centers and in churches right now there's a struggle happening within spiritual centers and within churches right now in terms of and it it was proliferated to a, a great degree um on friday when the pronouncement was made by the president that said all churches must open and as i said at the beginning of the service we are not closed we're just not the building is not uh accessible right now to the public But we have been open. We have continued to to honor our spiritual path. We have continued to offer spiritual nourishment. That is what we are here to do. And a building doesn't matter. What it is, is how do we take it into our heart? Now, there are people who will look at that and they say, we should be in the building. And that's okay. It is okay. But I really want to encourage each and every one of us to deepen into the notion and deepen into this idea that right where you are, is that light. Right where you are is that light. And when we become like children, when we let go of the things we think we need to hold on to, we open ourselves up to being the light more and more and more. And I would like for all of us to determine, where are we on that scale? Because I think it is a scale. I think there's a scale of those of us who are holding on to that most elaborate, logical argument that Katie talks about and those of us who are willing to receive the light and just be. Just know for yourself where you are on that scale because I think even I, you know, I'm going to let everybody off the hook right now because even I am playing that game of like, which side of the equation am I on today? If we stand firm in spiritual truth, here's the, here's, here's, What that also leads to is this question. If we stand firm in spiritual truth, can we ever be led astray? Now I know that the intellectual answer is, of course not. But what does it mean? What does it mean for you personally to stand in spiritual truth so that you cannot be led astray? The way that we each stand in spiritual truth is individualized for and through each and every one of us. So the way that I stand in spiritual truth is not the same as the way anybody else stands in spiritual truth. It is a personal question. Can you ever be led astray? It is a personal question. Only you can know the answer for yourself because you are uniquely expressing as spiritual truth. The level of faith required to firmly stand in spiritual truth 100% of the time is more than many people can ever give over to. That that includes ministers. I I have yet to meet a minister in my own experience who stands firm in spiritual truth 100% of the time. We strive, we work, we practice, But there are times when that spiritual truth, we recognize and know that it's there, but it feels so much better to go over here. You ever feel like that? It just feels so good to go over there and have just a moment where we here we are. Here is principle and here I'm stepping off principle for a moment to go and have a not so great experience because that's ultimately what it does is that brings the energy down. And so our work is to recognize when that happens and get ourselves back right on spiritual truth right away. Last week, I talked about stories, uh, the stories that we are making up, the ones we're making up in the absence of facts. And you know, as a reminder, when I, I, as I said last week, when we make up these stories, they become manifest in our lives. Why does that happen? Because we believe them. The degree to which we believe those stories are the degree to which they show up in our lives jesus said it it is done unto you as you believe so our work is to truly be on top of what it is we believe some of those stories are grounded in fact not all of them are grounded in fact but where do we stand in spiritual truth to tell our stories i take it as a practice and i have learned and I'm still learning every day more and more, and I'm given opportunities to learn the lesson more every single day, I've learned to step away from judgment and condemnation of those whose stories are not in alignment with mine. (laughs) Sometimes it isn't easy, but it is always necessary. Why is it necessary? It's necessary because... What I have discovered is I don't need others to bend to my way of being for my way of being to be valid. And that's oftentimes why people are telling the stories and why people are trying to convince you that they are right because they want to be firm in their validity. They want to feel like what they are offering is valid. I don't need, to, I don't need you to bend to my way of being for my understanding of my story to be valid. But conversely, I need to honor that I don't need to bend to your way for your story to be valid. They're all valid. My work is to do the best I can and to keep my mind focused at all times on spiritual truth. That focus, that focus, that deep focus, It is reliant on understanding and living my true identity you know it's funny i i've been watching these videos and there's a there's a motion that i do all the time i don't maybe people now everybody's going to start calling me out on it but i do this all the time i do this all the time i talk about you know and you know in sign language that means god and i do it beyond my comprehension of actively doing it. It's just a subconscious thing that I do, but it's oftentimes in alignment with true identity, knowing who I am. So there's a tacit agreement within my heart and my soul that I am that which is, as are we all. Who are you? Who are you? How do you identify yourself? How do you identify yourself? However you identify, that is your reality. How do you identify? Do you you identify as determined, shy, happy, sad? Feel like I'm in an acting class again. Happy, sad, determined. How about your name? What does your name mean to you as a point of identity? Most of us accept the name we were given. My name is the name I was given, Jonathan, and luckily, lucky for me, I resonate with that name. Uh, I was was named after Jonathan Livingston Siegel, because that book, when I was born, was like all the rage. (laughs) And then I joke, so my father's in the room and he will, (laughs) then I joke that my father uh, wanted to call me Woody after Woody Guthrie, right? (laughs) He's nodding yes. (laughs) But that got a nix and I was called Jonathan after Jonathan Livingston Siegel. I also have a story about um, what that meant for me. One of the stories that I had as a child that was my truth when I was a child because I didn't understand anything different. So here's a story that I used to tell myself as a child. that my creation story of coming into being on this plane of action now I'm using words I would never have used as a child but I can use them now that my creation story was that my uncle not my father I don't know why but my uncle was out fishing in a fishing boat and he cast A fishing line and uh, I as a seagull as um, I was manifested as a seagull as a seagull he I got caught up in the line and he reeled me in and when he reeled me in and I got into the boat I turned into a little boy (laughs) that was my creation story and that was true for me until I learned otherwise until I accepted a different story that story was my reality And who's to say that on some plane of experience that that was not an experience that I had? I think it's very possible. You know, we are living an infinite life, and if it is possible in the mind, if it is happening in the mind, even in the most magnificent imagination, it is happening on some plane of experience somewhere. So I believe that on some plane of action that that was the experience of my innate individualization of the infinite coming into form as me. to assume that this is not the case means that i'm limiting the limitless <sighs> why should it not be true why should it not be true you really you really don't need to worry so much about those things i don't think anymore your reality needn't conform with anyone else's opinion Your reality needn't conform with anyone else's opinion. Emerson said conformity is the death of individualism. Conformity is the death of individualism. We should take our individualized nature of this divine power and move forward profoundly with it, more so now than perhaps ever before. Emerson also said to be yourself in a world that is constantly trying to make you something else is the greatest achievement. How many of us are truly living the greatest achievement? And how many times do we fall back into thinking, oh, I should be a lot more like that. I should be a lot more like what the world is telling me I should be like. And the world is, boy, it is screaming for your attention. It is screaming for your attention. And we have built constructs around how the world is moving forward into trying to make you something other than what you are. It's all around us in advertising. That's the most obvious one. Advertising persists because it is telling you that you are less than. And it's just simply not true. This also means when we, when, when, when we step away from conformity and we, and, and we broaden into our individualism, when we broaden ourselves into that magnificent capacity to be the greatest accomplishment of the divine, it means that we must eliminate judgment from our hearts because there's room for all of it. We must eliminate judgment from our hearts and any assumption that others should be like us. Ah. That's another big one. Advertising is telling it to us, but also we, on an individual level, we want other people to be like us because, again, it validates who we think we are. We should let that go. Let people be who they are. You should be the most magnificent you you can be. Your primary work in this life is to be you. Hmm. This is a means, the work it takes to truly be you. This is a means of clearing the path to uplevel our experience of this thing called life. In that up-leveling, it illuminates for us that knowledge that we are more than the circumstances. We are more than the experiences by which we define ourselves. Deepen into the understanding right here and right now. Deepen into the understanding that you are more than all of it. You are more than your past. You are more than your future. You are more than your name. You are more than the limitations you've embodied because of your name. You are more than the limitations you have embodied because of ideas that you have pulled into your experience from your family unit. You are more than all of it. You are actually even more than the statement which I'm encouraging everyone to utilize in their life, that statement being, I am God. You are more than that. If you make that statement, and again, I'm saying we should all be stepping forward and understanding that we can step into the knowledge of saying, I am God. But if you are making that statement, in what way are you aligning that with a limited idea of what God is, because here's how I have logically come to the conclusion that we must all step forth and say, I am God. It is in this, that if everything is God, that we are not separate from everything, so we are part of that which is. Why should we not exclaim for ourselves, I am God? But if we say, I am God, what is the idea that comes to mind around what God is, because that is a limited idea. And part of the work in clearing the path is letting go of those limited ideas. Does the concept of God conform to you and your perceived limitations for yourself? Clear the path. Allow yourself to Make that statement and let it be rooted in feeling. Let it be rooted in feeling, that space which is beyond words. Let it be rooted in feeling, that space which is beyond thought. Let it be rooted in feeling, that space which is beyond belief. Let it be rooted in feeling. How do you feel? What does it make you feel like? And then expand your sense of that feeling. When life is lived, not by you or through you, but as you, free of your own limitations in mind, then you will transcend. You know, we are rooted, this, this, this philosophical movement, the New Thought movement, the Unity Churches, the Religious Science Churches, the Divine Science Churches, any aspect of New Thought, it, it, it roots back to not just the words of the ancient but also it roots us back to the transcendentalists. Their concept was that we should transcend in our own mind that understanding that there is any limitation because there is none. Transcend beyond a sense of separateness. There is only this alignment. This is not a statement of condemnation. It it is an encouragement. Allow yourself the luxury. I love that word. Allow yourself the luxury to become like a child and welcome the light of creation more readily in your heart now, today, more so than ever before. By stepping into that feeling, the feeling of the innate truth that is at your core, that you are the ineffable that you are the source, that you are the light, that you are the life. When this understanding takes over, and I, and, and, and I, and I will refer to that understanding being the capital R reality, when that capital R reality becomes your lowercase r reality, which is the experience you are having, then you can no longer perceive the world in terms of separation in any form. To know who you are is to clear that path. And in clearing that path, we create a sense of infinite equity. To know who you are is to know who everyone and what everything is. Rooted in this understanding, there is no room for any isms or phobias. There is no room for any of it when we know who we are. To know who we are is the great equalizer. And in knowing who we are, forgiveness becomes innate. Forgiveness. Becomes an innate state of mind. In this understanding lies the realization that in the macrocosm, there is nothing to forgive. For everything, everything that exists, all of it is the givingness of Source. It is the givingness of God. It is the givingness of love. It is the givingness of the ineffable to itself for the purposes of creation. And so all creation is formed from that innate understanding that we are that which is, everything is that which is. And that is the definition of love the givingness of the source to itself for the purposes of creation it is creating of itself as an act of love to create is to love to forgive is to love to remember who you are and who all others are is love yes i can see clearly now because i see only through the eyes of love love clears the obstacles clears the dark clouds that had me blind love is a bright bright, sunshiny day, and you are the light of love that creates that bright, bright, sunshiny day. Namaste. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.